Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. Alright, if you got a Bible, today's um, <clears throat> not going to be a very uh, bookwormy Sunday message. It's more of a meditative think on a one... Uh, one thing Sunday, if that makes sense, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that what's released and that what we receive from Jesus is <clears throat> is a hunger to want to just sit in His presence. Okay, so if you got a Bible, let's go to Luke. The end of Luke. Chapter 24. What are you guys doing? It's so quiet. <sighs> Woo! Chapter 24. All right. This is verse 46. This is the last thing. Jesus said before he, uh, he flew up into heaven. How fun is that? Like they watched the guy take off, off the planet Earth, and fly up and disappear. How crazy. And then they were like, whoa, OMG. And then angels were standing there. And then the angels were like, why are you still here? Okay. <clears throat> it's that moment. Okay. I love it. And this is, this is the last thing he says. He says, Verse 46, he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So we're going to think about that last sentence right there. He says to them, I'm going to send something on you. I'm going to send a promise, the promise of the Father upon you, the Holy Spirit. He says, but I want you to do something. I want you to tarry. Do we all know what tarry means? Tarry, um, without getting too, too nerdy, the word basically means sit down, chill out, wait a little bit. It comes from the word sit as like a command. Don't do anything, sit down, is what he says to them. Okay? So the first thing, the resurrected Jesus, when he's leaving, and he's wanting to give them the presence, he wants them to engage in a practice that ushers in the promise of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the word is tarry. He says, I want you to tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. I don't know if you know this, but in the Garden of Gethsemane, before Jesus went to the cross, um, he was praying. He prayed three times the same prayer. He kept going. He went to his buddies, the apostles, and he says, you know, hey, guys, can you pray with me? And then they, we all know the story, they fall asleep. 
I love Jesus' response, and I've been kind of haunted by it the past week, uh, two weeks actually. And I think it's really funny because from my own mouth, when, when I preach on prayer, a lot of times I'll say, I'll say things like, just spend five minutes. You guys ever heard me say that? I'll say, spend five minutes. Jesus was cracking me up because he doesn't say that to them. Do you know what he says to them? I love how Jesus always just, he doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. It's not like, oh yeah, just try. No, Jesus comes up to him and he's like, could you not watch with me for one hour? Like the bare minimum, <laughs> the bare minimum, he says, like, a, like what? Could you not watch with me for one hour? I wonder for us, you know, for me, for us, how, how does an hour feel? It's, you know, we, we like to say there's a lot of activities we can do to engage with God. We want to promote that. You know, you want to go surfing, hang out with Jesus, go and surfing. You know, some, some people in here like to shoot some guns, go shoot some guns, you know, shoot some targets, have some fun with Jesus. Um, but there's a simplicity of just pray. And you can't really skip that. Spending time with him, sitting down, hanging out with him. It's a simple human activity, Right? And I really believe there's a challenge from God to learn how to tarry. And I believe it's not just for one or two charismatic, crazy people. I believe it's for every single one of us. And I believe that what God wants to pour out requires that all of us learn to tarry in his presence and to hang out with him a little bit. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, he says, Terry in Jerusalem. It says they were all of one accord. One accord. Say one accord. one accord. That means they're all tied together, like a rope tied together. They're all in the same heartbeat. They're all wanting the same thing. They all have the same vision. They're sitting in the same room. They're crying out to the same God. <clears throat> yes, follow with me. They're, they're there together, one accord, and they pray. And they actually prayed for days. And then the Bible says the sound like the, like the rushing wind came in, filled them with the Holy Ghost. They all started speaking in tongues. They went outside still yabba-dabba-doing. People hear them. There was a big party going on called Pentecost. All these Jews from around the world are there. They hear them speaking in all these different languages. They say, OMG, what is going on? They said this is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Next thing you know, thousands of people are giving their life to the Lord. Okay. Two chapters later, let's look at it. This is Acts chapter 4. This is going to be in verse 23. <clears throat> now, Peter and another apostle, they got in trouble, right? They were preaching Jesus. This is only two chapters after God filled them all with the Holy Ghost. They're going out so excited. God's doing great things. Miracles are starting to happen. They're proclaiming the name of Jesus. Uh, and the, the, the Sanhedrin, the, the, the high-ranking Jewish leaders, get really upset that they're using the name Jesus, who they just killed the guy a month before. Okay? 
They just killed him, so they say, shut up, basically. Stop talking in the name of Jesus. They beat him a little bit. It says that Peter, they went away rejoicing, which is a weird sentence, but they went away rejoicing after getting whipped, okay? And this is what they said, verse 23, and being let go, they went down to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they, when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, they began to pray together. So they get beat. He goes, they go to all of the, the church and they say, this is what just happened to us. They all with one accord start to tarry a little bit. They pause, they sit, they hang out. Let's talk to Jesus a little bit together. And then what happens next? You know, they say this long prayer. I'm not going to read it. Verse 31, after they pray the prayer, which by the way, it's a fire prayer. One of the sentences in it is, stretch forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders will be done in the name of Jesus. That's a prayer we should pray. How fun. Okay. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together, say assembled together, was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. I want to say something to us. The tarrying that God calls us to, that always precedes the outpouring, the filling, the constant filling Notice they were filled with the Holy Ghost, but they got filled with the Holy Ghost again. In the moment of going through trial, they went back to the very first thing that they started with a little before that, which was what? Sit down and pray. Stop what you're doing and pray. Come on, yeah. And what happens? The place shakes. They all, whoa, they get real excited. They're filled with boldness. You're following. Wow. But notice it doesn't say, oh, you know, Peter prayed, got filled with the Holy Ghost, and he just kept going on and preaching. It says they all with one accord. Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm going to pour out the promise of the Father. I just want a few of you special ones to tarry a little bit. The rest of you go about your business because the few are going to change the world. There was something for every single one of us to engage in. The outpouring that God wants to bring requires every single one of us to come into accord and to literally say, God, we can't have anything without you. We need you. We absolutely need you. I've got to have a heart. You've got to have a heart. We have to have a heart that says, Jesus, we're going to sit before you. We need your power in our day. I had a dream last night in my dream. By the way, I had two, I had two messages to preach today. I prepped, I, I thought of two messages, and I didn't know which one I was going to preach on. So I had a dream last night, and in my dream, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in this big, it's like a school, it's a big building, and there's all these people, but the people were like children. It was a mix between adults and children, okay? Is that weird? There was people, but they were like children. In the dream, there was this black leopard in the hallways of this place. And I said to all these people, all these children, I said, guys, get in this room right now. Okay? So they all get in this room. I shut the door. 
And then some of them are start, you know, wigging out. But here's the thing. A lot of them were like this. Like they literally had no idea. And in the dream, they had received this inoculation, this shot. But it made them, it made them like, la, la, la. And then I go, guys, there's a big bad thing coming. We got to get out of here. I'm trying to tell them. They're like, you know, and I'm just like, I can't even, I can't even talk to them. So like I look at a window and I see a window, and I go over, I rip the window. Like some of them say, I was saying, what are we going to do? I just don't even respond to them. I go to the window, I rip it open. Outside the window was, I saw Jesse outside, and then there was some people from church all outside in the sun like this, like just <laughs> hanging out in the sunshine. And I, and I break down the, the thing, the, these um, shades or whatever they're called, I don't even know. I t- we take them down, and I start yelling at them, get out of the building. And then they're like still clueless. And I'm like, oh my God, there's this thing walking around and it's about to come in the room. And I'm like, I'm like yelling at them, get out of this building. And then they start getting out of the building. I had to take up a baseball bat. I'm waiting for all of them to get out to protect them. I'm like, get out of the building. Isn't that crazy? Well, meanwhile, outside a bunch of church people are just like, oh, in the sun. <laughs> I felt like, I felt like it was prophetic. I think that I think that there's a um, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand what's going on right now. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> and it's just like big kids. They're just like, oh, da, da. we don't have a clue. But God, He is calling us into the sun, into into His presence, into the light. The Bible says, Come into the light. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all sin. Come into the light. Come into the light. And we're called to call those in darkness to come into the light, right? But the calling isn't for one person. It's for all of us. This calling, by the way, a lot of us tarry. (laughs) A lot of us tarry in the things that God calls us to. Like God will, which isn't good. God will tell you to do something and then it's like, you're being lazy, right? Like it's like, like, go do this. And you're like, okay. And you stand there on the line. He's like, just stand. Step over it. I've given you the power. And you're like, okay. I don't know if I can do that. And then he's like, please, come on. You know that human, like, you're actually created to tarry. But if you don't tarry in the right thing, you'll tarry in the wrong things. Like, there's a reason that people get lazy. There's a reason we get lazy. It's because we're not tearing in the right thing. And then we end up tearing in other things because we haven't spent the rest in his presence. So then we get overwhelmed and we're like, I can't handle any of this. Of course you can't. Sit down and stop. Terry a little bit. That's all he wants. He's not asking for you to do a cartwheel. He's literally saying sit. Like... He's not asking you to do difficult things. He doesn't, you don't need to learn another language. You don't need to do calculus. You don't need to do anything difficult. Just sit down and shut up. Like, I I know that that's blunt, but the Bible says, be still and know that I am the Lord. That's what that means. Like, not in like a mean way, shut up, but in a way of be quiet. You guys follow. 
be still. I mean, obviously, we'd never say that to our kids. But we want to be still and know that he is the Lord. But if we don't learn to tarry in his presence, you'll tarry in all the things that he's wanting you to do. But if we can tarry in his presence, we will be endued with power, confidence, and boldness that will move us in the things that he wants us to do. And this is not for two people. This is for every single one of us. And there is something that he pours out when we all come together as people. I'm not talking about an event. I'm talking about a, 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 a heartbeat that, that goes through each of us that says, Jesus, we need you, and we got to spend time with you. Is it really simple? It's really simple. And it's not meant to be condemning because it's for all of us, including me. This is something that I really believe God's calling us to. We have to learn to, I'm not, it's not all day long. It's so funny. I always, I always veer back to like, just spend five minutes. And then I just hear Jesus once again in my head. Like right now, I'm tempted to tell you, spend five minutes. I'm tempted. And I hear him say, you can't spend an hour with me? I'm like tempted to tell you, guys. This has, been, this has been like a little on my heart like the past couple of months, but I just, I feel his like loving rebuke behind me. Like, dude, challenge him more. Don't, you're not, you're not a weakling. You're not. And someone's like, oh, that's just, that's just one type of, there, there, it's just prayer. It's talk, it's just sit with him. In your car, in the shower, man, sometimes the shower is the best place, you know? Someone's like, why do you take such long showers? I don't know, I'm just sitting with Jesus. Just hang out a little bit. Stop a little bit. Yeah? I know it's such like a basic. But I pray you feel the loving rebuke of the Lord. I pray it haunts you as it's haunted me. You could not spend one hour watching with me? <laughs> like, that should not be a difficult thing for us. Isn't that crazy? This is coming from someone who's like, spend five minutes. The, the, it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. It's, it's the thing that comes before the breakthrough. It's the thing that comes before when God pours out a blessing on you. It's... What Jake was saying, Pastor Jacob here was saying, he said, you know, abide. We have to abide in him, right? Who, who is the good, the faithful, and the wise servant, steward, who will receive in the season, the right season, his due portion? Do you know that we can be stewards you guys know what a steward is, right? You oversee certain things of another person's stuff. Every human is a steward of God's. Whether they know it or not, nothing that we have was ours to start with. Everything on this planet is God's. And if you take what's God's and build your own thing out of it, it doesn't make it yours. You know what I'm saying? Like... You go in someone's backyard, take their, their sticks, build something. I'm like, look, 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 it's mine. It's, not, it's their sticks. It's theirs. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't take something from your neighbor. This, everything is God's. 
But we're called to steward what we have, right? Did you know that you could actually miss the fruit that's meant to come in a certain season? Did you know that? Did you know Jesus says you need to be a, a faithful and wise steward so that you receive your due portion in the season that it's meant for you? That's all. Okay, okay. How, how are we even going to begin to live that life out? The way you live that life out is by first starting with sit down and just simply learn to be with this guy a little bit. Yes, read your Bible. <laughs> yes, hang out with believers. Hanging out with people. Listen, I hang out with unbelievers, but I hang out with unbelievers with an agenda, and the agenda is to love them because... I want to shine light to them and I want to love them and I'll be upfront. I have an agenda. Get saved. I absolutely have an agenda. Get saved because I actually believe what Jesus said. You know what I'm saying? Like if I coach high school water polo, my main goal was not let's win a championship. My main goal is let's see some people come to know Jesus. Remember the principal said to me once, he's like, Micah, are you going to, what are you going to do here? <laughs> I'm obviously a little charismatic. So he's like, Micah, he sat me down with the assistant principal, different people. What are you, are you going to, are you just going to like preach or like do something? And he's a Christian too, so he's getting a little nervous. Like, so, I don't know if there's like a sweat bead coming down. I was like, bro, chill. Like, I'm not going to force Jesus on kids. Like, if they want, but if they come to me saying, will you pray for me, coach? Or I have an, like, you know, will you tell me about whatever? Like, I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to put tape over my mouth and be like, I'm not allowed to talk to you. <laughs> like, if you come, and like, and I told the principal, like, oh, they're talking about Jesus. I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. Yeah. Sue me, you know? Like, they ain't, they're not going to fire me over that. The kids have freedom, too. And it was so funny. These kids, like, they I remember one kid comes to me, and he's just telling me about his broken family, and he's, like, just wanting prayer. And I'm, what am I going to say to a kid like that? No, I can't pray for you. Give me a break. We start getting Holy Ghost filled in the, in the office. You know, this kid, remember one kid walks up to me and he says, he says, coach, my, my shoulder, my chest, it hurts so bad. I said, well, that's, I probably said that sucks. That's probably what I said to him, if he's dead honest. I'm like, that's not cool. That, that's, man, that's messed up. And he says, yeah, it's just, it's, and I hear the Lord inside me go, pray for him. And I go, no, Jesus. Don't you know that this is a public school? And, um, and so then I, I, I walk away, and I, and I go home, and that, that whole week, obviously I see the kid every day. I coach, and it's like four hours a day with these kids. And um, every day I'm seeing him. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit in me go, pray for him, Micah. And I go, Jesus? He, you know, he hasn't asked Jesus is almost like, make him ask. And I'm just like, ugh. So we, anybody ever been in like a spot like this where you're just like haunted by the love of God? And I'm just like, ugh, what am I going to do? Don't force me, God, you know? Okay. Anyway, so I'm there, and I read this Bible verse. And the Bible verse, you know, in good old sitting down, doing nothing moment, hanging out with God moment, things get a little real. 
and all your stuff you're thinking about, you know, making sure you have enough whatever for whatever goes away. And all of a sudden, you hear what he really wants to tell you, and he says, if you know what to do and you don't do it, and you don't do it in faith, it's sin. I read this verse, and I go, yes, Lord, I'm living in sin. Please help me. (laughs) So I go back to school, and he goes, that kid comes up to me. His name's Blake. And his one arm was significantly shorter than his other arm, literally shorter. Uh, so it caused pain in his shoulder whenever he would do exercises. He would have to wear a chest contraption because of his chest, uh, I don't know, some pain he'd have. And, um, and so I said to him, I said, Blake. He says, yeah. I said, I said uh, you're a Christian, right? He says, yeah. I said, can I tell you a crazy story? He goes, sure. So I tell him a miracle story. I knew he was into like, it was back in the day. This is like 15 years ago. This is when, remember when they came out with those, those bracelets that had like metal that was supposed to give you like balance or something? Like, like complete pseudoscience, right? And, and I remember his dad was like a really savvy businessman. So like they catch on to like random trends and just like make those things and make a ton of money. And and I and he remember one time at the, at the pool he says you know coach check this out you know he puts it on he's like push me you know and he's like look at my balance and anyways so I use that and I go I go bro like can I tell you a story I tell him a story of a miracle and he's like that's crazy and I said you're Christian right he says yeah I said well what if we prayed for you and he says dude that that's that would be awesome I'm like yeah please and all the water polo kids are probably to where that wall is in a circle about to stretch before practice. And there's another kid by us walking by, stops. And I go, give me your arms. He lifts up his arms to me. And I said, Jesus. And before I said anything else, I just said the name Jesus. His arm that was shorter grew. And I go, oh. And and the kid goes, the kid is tripping. Another kid walks by and he's like, like Wigan, I didn't even finish praying. I said, "Jesus, Jesus, what?" You know, and it's already grown. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And I go, "Bro!" And he, he puts his hands down. And he's, he's like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I mean, the guy was healed, right? The kid was healed. He goes back. I hear him talking to all the kids. He said, "What? What the coach say?" And he says, "He goes, he just prayed for me." And um, this opened up a chain of events that was absolutely wild parents started to come out of the pool deck. The, it, parents were coming crying under the influence of God, asking about Jesus. Kids that were Christians started buying other kids' Bibles. They started inviting them to church. I, they would be swimming in the pool. I was sitting on the side and they go, like someone tweaked something, coach, I'm hurt. And I go, well, that's not good. I can't do anything about it. What do you want me to do? Will you pray for me? Yeah, man. <laughs> they come out of the pool sometimes, like, God, oh, coach, I'm like hurt. And I'm, you know, I'm, I check, you know, you, as a coach, you're like the first line of like some kind of medical, uh, you know, even though you don't know anything medical. At that time, I was like, you know, I don't know. So I'm like, does that hurt? Well, don't do that, you know. And they come out of the pool and be like, oh, this hurts. And I'd be like, well, it's, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, I could pray, but, and I just look at them. And then they'd be like, 
kids started to pray. One day, I remember they were all playing, and this one kid had had a hurt shoulder, a bum shoulder. And I hear screaming in the pool. Okay, screaming. Oh, no, 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 sorry. They were on the bleachers. I hear screaming in the bleachers. We're at a game. They're screaming in the bleachers. I go, what is going on? All these kids screaming in the bleachers. And as a coach, a lot of time you're like a super babysitter. I go, what are you guys doing? Whoa, we prayed for so-and-so. His shoulder's healed. They're all screaming on the bleachers. I go, oh, that's cool. Isn't this fun? Parents started coming. I remember this one mom, the mom of the, um, Blake, and he wasn't having to wear his chest contraption anymore. She comes, she's wearing big old glasses, and she's bawling underneath, like bawling, crying, just the presence of God, talking about Blake and this whole situation and praying with her and everything. Isn't God good? Man, did you know some of those parents started to come to our church? This is back, we used to do it in a garage. They came into the garage wanting more of Jesus. How fun is this? But it had to start with a little bit of obedience. But the little bit of obedience, I'll be dead honest, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't just sit down and shut up. You guys following? We've got to learn to tarry because it will put us in a place that gives us confidence to do things we probably wouldn't do anyways. But we all need to be filled with him. We all need the presence. And there's something about being of one accord after Jesus. Because what God wants to do in the world requires each of us to learn how to, in community and alone by ourselves, tarry. Be a little slow. Give him a little more time. Yeah? You were made to tarry. You were made to tarry. And if you don't tarry in the right thing, you're not going to do the things you want to do. And there's a couple people in here, you believe God's called you to do certain things, and you've been sitting there going, I don't want to do that. I'm telling you, tarry in his presence. Just spend a little bit more time with him. Could you not watch with me for one hour? There's a reason why the church in the America in the West is declining at crazy rates. Did you know that Eastern mysticism, different things are rising at the same time? Like these are st stats. People want something real. Just knowing a few Bible verses ain't going to cut it in what God is bringing about right now. We've got to be people that can connect with the living God and spend a little more time. You might, don't expect anything out of it. Just spend time doing it. Yeah? I'm going to tell you one more story. I just feel the Lord wanted me, otherwise I wouldn't say it, but I just feel it in my heart. One time, I was spending a little bit of time. This has only happened once to me, so don't think this happens normally. But I was spending a little bit of time, and my friend was with me, and I was playing the guitar, and we thought, well, should we end now? No, let's tarry a little longer. So we just kept, I remember, just kept strumming. 
like that dory in Finding Nemo, just keep swimming. I just kept strumming. I did not stop. I just was, you know, and I wasn't looking for anything specific. Nothing was going on that was like, oh, man, I need anything. It's just every little note that was coming off this guitar was music to him. It's like seeing worship go to him. It's about my heart that I'm spending time in his presence. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just remember I was playing my guitar, and next thing was, all I remember was, I was outside of the building <laughs> that I was in. It was like an out-of-body experience. Okay. I'm outside of the building, looking at the building, in the sky, looking at the building, knowing that my body's in another place, playing a guitar. I look up, and in the sky, there's clouds that are parted with people cheering, and light is shining. And in the dream, I'm looking at the light, and the light starts hitting me so hard that I, I couldn't, it was just wrecking me. Next thing you know, I'm back on my body playing the guitar. And I just start bawling. I'm just tripping. I'm like a, just a bag of mush. You know, you have like an encounter and it's like, you don't care what people say to you or anything. It's like no one's ever going to tell me tongues isn't real when you speak in tongues to Muslims or, or Chinese people or anything. Like no one's going to be like, oh, tongues, that's weird. I know, well, I know it's weird, but it's real. You know what I mean? No one's going to be like, oh, God doesn't heal today. That's ridiculous. <laughs> We've literally seen thousands of people healed. Uh, of course God heals. I was funny. I was praying for my daughter. By the way, you know the normal person gets, human adult gets like two like colds a year. That's like the average or whatever. And then the ch children get like five. And um, it's really interesting. It's your immune system building and going through it. So it's not all a bad thing. Oh, anyways, my daughter, right now if you get a cold, it's like you're banned from school for 10 days and you got to get a COVID. It's like insane. And I was like, my goodness, you know. So I'm like, and Piper's loving it. She's completely fine now. The neighbor kid, everybody at her school got this cold. The neighbor kids are taking COVID tests. No one's got COVID. It's a cold. I mean, they're just sneezing. Achoo, you know? <laughs> and uh, so Piper's loving it, though. She's like, yeah, you know? Melissa's like, why is the system like this? And I said to Piper, I go, well, Piper, let me pray for you. I go, Piper, let me pray for you. And I, and I go to put my hands on her head like this, and she stops, and she looks at me. She goes, <laughs> she goes, but I still don't have to go to school, right? <laughs> she was, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, will God heal me? It was, it was, I know God's going to heal me. And then she goes, and she's like her face in shock, because dad's going to pray for her. But I don't have to go to school, right? I'm like, don't worry, Piper, I got your back. She's like, okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> oh. So what I want to do is um, I just, I'm going to actually end the sermon a little early because I want to do a practice. And I, I want us, some of us at the end, you know, we got things to go to. So I'm ending it a little early for you um, so that we can tarry a little bit together. Um, could I get some of the worship team up here? Be great. Could you not watch with me one hour? Lord, I pray that you would just. Uh, <clears throat>
pierce our hearts to grow in the place in the place of tarrying in your presence. It's the first command that you told them to do um, in the new covenant, Lord, and I just pray that 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 would be the first place for us as well. The first thing we go to when we go into trials, the first thing we turn to in life is to just spend a little more time to tarry. That when we get to the moment and we do whatever we need to do and we're spending time with you, that it would check in our heart of going, what if there's a little more? That we would err on the side of just spending a little more time with you rather than a little less. <laughs> and Father, I just, I pray, God, that you would, I pray for miracles, signs, and wonders. I pray that you'd stretch forth your hand to heal. I pray that you would deliver the people who were in darkness. Lord, that we would be people who rip open windows to let people see a different life. Lord, for the people in the world that are inoculated to your goodness, they're lethargical to even knowing what's outside the room that they're in. Father, I pray that you would make us people who are willing to rip open windows for them to see a light, a glorious light, a picture from heaven of open fields and what's available for them, Lord God. Lord, we would never leave we would never just leave children unattended in a building with a leopard walking around. And I pray, God, that we would understand how you see humans. And Father, I pray that we would have an unction, but I pray before that, God, that we would be people who know how to tarry, that it wouldn't be out of our own power, out of our own might, out of our own strength, but it'd be by your spirit. Father, that it'd be by your grace, that it would be supernatural, not out of shame, guilt, and condemnation, not out of manipulation, not out of twisting, not out of yanking. The Bible says, Jesus, God says this in the Old Testament. He says, don't be like the horse or the donkey that has to get led around by bit and bridle. Don't you child of God, don't be like the horse and the donkey that I have to yank left and right to pull them to me, to lead them along. Don't be like the horse or the donkey that needs to have a bit and bridle in their mouth to be pulled and yanked to me. Come to me freely. This is what he says. And we wait and we go, well, he'll draw me when he wants to go into his presence. Spend a little bit of time Take ownership over your heart, over your time, over your soul, over your body that God has given you to be a steward and step up and be a mature adult and hang out with the living God. Yes. Yeah? This is not a shame thing. If you feel anything, I'm speaking strongly because I just want any, any lethargicness to fall off of you. That's what I'm seeing. If, there's, if there is any on anybody, I'm just wanting it to fall off. This is even for me. I like to speak to myself like this sometimes. Come on, Micah. Come on, church. Woo! Let's tarry a little bit. I want to say one more thing. When I first, when I first learned 
to tarry in his presence. I remember a spiritual mentor of mine said, hey, when you sit down to pray and you have all these other thoughts coming to you, just take note of those thoughts. Maybe write them down, jot them down, recognize them, say, okay, I dealt with that thought. And then go right back in the place of, but I'm here right now for you, Jesus. Okay? If that's you and you go, oh, I'm going all these thoughts. How do I stop? It's, it's normal. That's human. But the more that you learn to do it, the less those thoughts ever, it's just crazy. It's something you have to learn to do. So when you get thoughts, just, just write them down or take note of them. And oh, I'll visit that later. But God can, he can get a little bit more of my time before I take control of the reins and have to do everything. You know what I mean? The storms that rage on the inside me. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. The storms that rage on the inside.